This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for the Clang Valley's biggest conversation. Talk back on the evening edition, only on BFM 89.9. Let's start back with Caroline and Ezra. The number to call is 0377109000. Of course, you can text or WhatsApp us at 0162019000 or tweet us at BFM Radio. We're going to be speaking about effective parenting. And the question we're asking is, is a child's behavior always a reflection of his or her parents? And uh, just to recap on why we're talking about this particular topic, on Saturday, uh, we saw a lot of reports on an awful cycling mishap that claimed the lives of eight teenage boys uh, injuring a further uh, eight kids and the incident involved about 20 to 30 cyclists and it took place at about 3 a.m. in Johobaru after the group was hit by a woman driving a Nissan Elmira. Yeah, so since then there's been a torrent of news stories and opinions coming through. Uh, according to reports the driver of the car has been released on bail with investigations being completed. Um, results of the investigations uh, will be submitted to the public prosecutor for further action but beyond official proceedings on Online, uh, things have actually taken another turn. So the discussion has moved on hmm. to parenting styles with quite a lot of blame shifting happening. Yeah, and a few days after the incident, the Star published a report that focused on the grieving parents and it talked about how the parents already distraught at having lost their children uh, are now being subject to the court of public opinion and comments about irresponsible parenting and lots of finger-pointing, accusing them of negligence. Uh, they made a plea um, asking for the public to stop making her comments and to respect their need to grieve. So as a result of the accident, there have been other suggestions and responses put forward. So the police have talked about how difficult it is for them to rein in the problem. So Jaw police have actually shared accounts of, you know, how they've tried to be diplomatic. Um, You know, they give advice, they, they Pick, pick the kids up, send them home, they speak to the parents, uh, but it's it's pretty futile without parental uh, I suppose um, cooperation um, also the Home Ministry's Deputy Minister has even gone as far as to suggest that the state governments actually ban underage youths from uh, going into city centres late at night, so uh, you know imposing a curfew of sorts which I guess seems, seems a little drastic, but when you think about how eight young lives are lost uh, in a senseless uh, tragedy, you feel that drastic action may well be needed. Yeah, so we're opening the lines today to find out what your thoughts are. Um, How do you monitor your kids? How much freedom um, can you afford to give them? What safe options are there by way of keeping teenagers occupied? Um, You know, we'd love to hear your own ideas about um, how, uh, you know, what your respective parenting styles are. And ultimately, tell us if you think it's fair to blame parents for their children's behavior. Um, Is it even reasonable to expect parents to monitor every single movement uh, their teenager Makes the number to call is zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. Of course, you can text or WhatsApp us at zero one six two zero one nine thousand. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, we await your calls as we head for a quick song right now by Perrin Lamb. Everyone's got something on BFM eighty nine point nine. Time for the four T's: tweet, text, talk. Talk back on BFM 89.9. It's Caroline and Ezra on Talk Back. The number to call is 0377109000. You can text or WhatsApp us at 0162019000 and tweet us at BFM Radio. We're speaking about effective parenting and the question we're asking is a child's behavior always a reflection of his and her parents? Yeah, that seems to be uh, the way the conversation generally goes. I mean, we've all heard it. Uh, we've probably made those comments ourselves. You see, badly behaved 
children or, or toddlers, for example, are these parents never teach them. You know, <laughs> right, right. it's an easy go-to. It is an easy go-to. And of course, as a result of this uh, tragic incident uh, in Johor, uh, a lot of uh, blame shifting is taking place in the media about the responsibility of parents over their respective kids. And, uh, you know, we're asking you this question just because you know, we want to find out how parents uh, are dealing with, um, I guess, managing uh, their kids and, and figuring out what is the balance of freedom and restriction that should be applied when raising their child. That's one thing. And if you think about, um, you know, what teenagers actually can do these days, I mean, you think about the options that are out there. You need them to be safe. You want them to be healthy. Um, you, you know, it needs to be a situation where they can sort of take care of themselves with minimal supervision, yeah. one would imagine, because they're teenagers. And yet, you think of uh, the teenagers themselves, you know, they're at a stage of their lives where they're experiencing so many different things. They want to try everything new. Yes. Um, you know, what are you what are you doing with your, your teenagers? Tell us. Well, well, let me tell you a, a little bit about what I imagine what my teenage years were like. But before that, the number to call is 0377109000. We're asking you, is the child's behavior always a reflection of his and her parents? And I think looking back, and I've actually had a conversation with my mom about this, about how much freedom and how much restriction she provided me. Mm-hmm. I think by and large, um, I think I remember telling her, I think you gave me a little bit too much freedom in, in a sense that, um, I think I had to make certain decisions at various turning uh, at various um, forks in the road uh, and in trying to figure out whether it was a good decision or a bad decision mm-hmm. and I think I might have gotten a bit lucky on making perhaps some good decisions uh, but in any other circumstance with that amount of freedom you there is always that possibility of just making the wrong decision I've, I, and we had a, a very very honest conversation about it and of course uh, you know that's me saying well you know some kids would just love for that amount of freedom uh, and a lot of kids don't have that uh, particular luxury right you yep. you you try and figure out what's the best balance that you can provide for your child. Yeah, and whether it makes a difference, I'm just I'm trying to think you know, whether it makes a gender, whether that makes a difference Absolutely, as well. Yeah. You know, whether or not you can do one rule for everyone. So speaking of um, giving your kids freedom, uh, early on the bigger picture, Mira spoke with uh, Dr. Rajani Savanathan, a consultant development pediatrician. Um, so we've got an excerpt from that interview. So uh, Dr. Rajani shares her thoughts about different parenting styles. My thoughts were these are probably kids who had no real limits, boundaries set for them. So they were the, it's the permissive parenting style, possibly. Possibly. These are children who probably didn't have um, outlets where they could socialize in safe environments. So the urban culture that we see right now where there's no spaces for children to go out and play safely. Um, Even playgrounds have got broken bottles and, uh, you know, things that are not supposed to be there. And these are kids who are probably very impulsive then. And we do see a lot more children being very impulsive nowadays. Is there a reason for that? I don't know. And the way they're they're brought up in terms of... um, Let's keep them quiet and give them what they want. So they scream more and they get what they want to keep them quiet. Um, TVs, gadgets, um, all that makes children more impulsive. It makes their brains more impulsive to some extent, depending on what they watch. And you see, in this situation, some of these children probably don't have strong relationships with their own siblings and um, parents. So they seek out other relationships and 
follow others who are clearly enjoying themselves doing such recreational activities. Mm-hmm. So it's a number of things, I think. It, I don't think we should blame parents, but maybe the social situation that the parents are in means that they are out of the house all day trying to work. Put food on the put table. Put food on the table, get their kids school books, uniforms. So where's the gap here, Dr. Rajani? The gap here is there no recreational outlets where youth can enjoy themselves, I think. Um, I don't know whether it would help to have youth community centres, especially in um, highly densely populated urban areas like the PPR flats and, um, you know, have volunteers going in to do fun activities, taking kids out on a bike ride in, you know, to explore safe areas as opposed to doing it late at night. And that was Dr. Rajni Saravanathan, consultant development pediatrician, sharing her thoughts about parenting styles. And that's the question that we're asking this evening. Is a child's behavior always a reflection of his or her parents? And should parents be held responsible for everything their kids do? The number to call is 0377109000. You can text or WhatsApp us at 016-201-9000 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Our first call of the day is Paul. Uh, Paul, thanks for calling in and joining the conversation. Tell us, what do you think about this? This particular topic about what constitutes effective parenting. Well, firstly, the child's behavior at some stage does reflect that of a parent because as parents, we are one of their role models, right? Yeah. So if you if you remember the movie Forty Two, uh, starring Harrison Ford, there was a scene where this is the, the baseball movie. Yes, baseball movie. So there was a scene that a kid actually went to the game with the father. And when the father and the crowd surrounding, all the adults surrounding him, starting to use the N-word on uh, Jackie Robinson, Jackie Robinson, he started using it too. So mm. in a way, how we act and how we talk and how we behave does, you know, become an example to the kid, right? And in terms of parenting style, I think you, I, I think from our own experience, you got to be like playing tight, you know, you got to let them go a little bit and then pull it back once in a while. I think the important thing is kids these days, they grow up in an environment where you go to rationalize with them and treat them as friends rather than anything else. Do you think so, it's uh, necessary to lead by example? So, you know, a lot of parents tend to uh, say, for example, you know, teach their, teach their children the right thing. Everyone wants to teach their kids the right thing. But, for example, if you, they drop them off uh, at school and then, you know, go down the wrong way street or, you know, one way street going the other way, I mean, your, your kids see that um, and then they learn that. So do you think it's important for them uh, to lead by example? Yeah, it is. Actually, it is important to lead by example. You know, once in a while you do cheat in front of your kids, right, in terms of traffic rules and things like that. So you're going to explain to them why you're doing it now. They may not accept it, they may not, but you're going to tell them, right? So if you do something wrong, you're going to tell them why you're doing it. And if you do something, you try to cheat our student situation, you're going to rationalize with them. But and, and you just have to explain to them the situation because if you just do it without explaining to them why, uh, then it becomes, it, 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 they, they don't see the point. So if Kids these days are pretty smart. I think if you if you rationalize with them, they do understand though. 
that's why that's what I that's, that's my own experience. And, and Paul, just a, a quick question. You know, have you come into a circumstance where uh, a young person, or whether it's um, you know a relative or or, or uh, a child, or you know, have they sort of mirrored your behaviors and your actions? And have you caught yourself out on on trying to correct yourself and, and wanting to do the right thing? Yeah. So, uh, sorry. Can you give me an example of that? So, for example, like, um, you know, it, it, you know, my, I'm trying to think of my own personal examples. But, you know, um, my father, for example, um, would, uh, you know, be very, very comfortable talking about uh, certain topics at the dinner table. And, you know, I sort of mimicked that kind of behavior, um, whether it was, you know, appropriate or not. And uh, so I'm just trying to think about, you know, have have you done something similar where a nephew or a niece or a child or uh, a kid's friend? would follow sort of your actions and, and, and you'd be felt uh, somewhat responsible for it? Well, I'll give an example, right? So, for example, if our, our own child, uh, she likes to write and, you know, and when we talk sometimes at the dinner table, we once in a while that F word will come out, right? So in, <laughs> the infamous, <laughs> the infamous. Yeah, in, yes. her, in her writing, she likes to write short stories. So she, when she writes short stories, she, sometimes she uses the F word. Oh, right? no! Yeah, but this is a short story, right? Yeah. The mom got to be concerned about she using those words. So we have to explain to her and say, look, you know, when you write and you want to be creative, you don't have to use the F word because it doesn't reflect well as, a, as, 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 as an author. But then at the same time, when I look at where she put those F words in the story, I say, you know what? You put them in the right place. <laughs> so you, she, she might just have uh, the writing style of Quentin Tarantino and you're just trying to encourage that. Exactly. So I think in a while, I think really rationalizing with the kids, sometimes it's frustrating, sometimes it takes a long time because they keep making mistakes, but you just have to rationalize them, give them the freedom to go out and venture things. You just have to take risks. I mean, the world is a different place these days compared when we were growing up. But I think you have to give the chance because if your parent hasn't given you the kind of freedom and as well as mine, we, you won't be where you are and I won't be where I am today. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Thank you very much for calling in, Paul. And uh, you know that's a that's, it's a really interesting um, conversation to have about you know different parenting styles. I'd love to hear uh, you know from parents who you know view themselves as strict parents. I'd love to hear from parents who uh, view themselves as quite liberal parents. You know, laissez faire. Let the market figure out how this kid is going to grow up. Uh, and the number to call is zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. You can text or WhatsApp us at zero one six two zero one nine thousand. And of course. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. Yep, so this uh, message came in from Shisian Lee saying, I know there are occasions where alternate role models are taken when the parents are neglectful. And I think, you know, so that's in, in, in reply to whether or not a child's behavior is always a reflection of the parents. And I think it's a really, really good point just because, you know, you're the law-abiding citizen, thoughtful, considerate, kind parent, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't mean that your kids will necessarily want to follow suit. Yes, and there's a complexity, right, <laughs> yeah. about where you get influence from. That's right. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, I think actually, you know, one of the biggest role models that, I mean, you know, when I was growing up was actually, you know, things that I saw on television and being exposed uh, to television is the only primary source of entertainment. Yeah, like from Oprah. Oprah. But, you know, MacGyver for me was like a huge <laughs> influence. Just this notion that uh, whatever circumstance that you find yourself in, there's kind of more often than not a way out. And and so it was this very, very exciting um, thing. So, well, you know, maybe that's something that 
I could be, but of course, you know, science was really never my strong suit. Yeah, it's a show. It's a show. It is. Zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand is the number to call. You can text or WhatsApp us at zero one six two zero one nine thousand and tweet us at BFM Radio. We're speaking about uh, effective parenting and whether a child's behaviour is always a reflection of his or her parents. Um, of course, there have been reports about the tragic incident that took place in Johor Bahru with regards to how a group of eight kids um, uh, died as a result of being hit by a car and a lot of conversations have been leaning towards um, how effective um, you know, th- their parents were in making sure that they were kept in a, in a safe environment. Yeah, for sure. Chris of Kajang uh, sent this in saying uh, it was sad, sad news uh, but children will ape what parents or caregivers do. It's a given. So as parents we must be responsible and accountable for their well-being. Giving freedom early has its consequences. There's a need to be uh, rational with circumstances. And I think there's uh, also another element about, you know, this particular incident because it's not just about the role models that you look up to in terms of parents and adults. It's uh, those around you, your contemporaries, and how you're influenced by the actions of your peers uh, as well. And I think, you know, looking back, I think that's also a very, very interesting uh, aspect. But who were you hanging out with and what kind of yeah. influence did they have uh, on you? Uh, especially and, 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 and in and those teenage years, it. it's, it's, it's such a, a crucial aspect. Right? It is. But if you think about it, you know, especially in those teenage years, the people that you want to hang out with are your naughty friends because they're cooler, they're more exciting. Absolutely. You know, yeah. why would you want to hang around, do good parents and do this? And, and, and of course... <laughs> So there was there were some kids as well who who enjoyed the duality of it all, mm. right? So they would be role models at home, yep. but rebels at school. Mm. Um, and you know, and if, if if you saw yourself as that, we'd love to hear from you as well, parents. Um, what are your uh, parenting styles? Are you uh, adapting that to this current generation? And are you following um, what your par- I guess what your parents uh, used to do as well. And times have changed and, and have these particular approaches uh, changed over time as well. The number to call is 0377109000. You can text or WhatsApp us at 0162019000 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Here's some music by Old Man River, Norway, BFM 89.9. Psst, you there? Open your mouth and... Talk! It's Talkback time on BFM 89.9. It's Talkback with Caroline and Ezra. The number to call is 0377109000. You can text or WhatsApp us at 016-201-9000 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, we're speaking uh, about effective parenting and the question we're asking is, is a child's behaviour always a reflection of his and her parents? And to answer that, we have a tweet from James Ling who says, parents are fully capital F-U-L-L-Y, responsible for the kids. Liberal liberal parents, James says, are just lazy. Kids need to know uh, the reasons no matter the effort needed. Now, what what do we think of that? Liberal parents are just lazy? Are just lazy. What does that mean? I I suppose what he's going for is the fact Hmm. that if you you do a freewheeling sort of parenting uh, style, it's um, what he's um, alluding to is the fact that you're perhaps not bothered to take the time to look after your kids or monitor them uh, when they're out and about. Yeah, and you know, this is uh, an interesting conversation that I'm having with a lot of my friends right now who are becoming parents for the first time and mm. uh, they're catching themselves out a little bit about, you know, what they, I think, thought and imagined the, the type of parent that they would be yeah. versus the ones that they actually are because there's a, you know, there's a real investment now about, you know, all the types of actions and decisions that you decide on your, chi- yeah, uh, on your, on your kid. 
So a very simple... So we'll say child and kid. It became yeah. chid. Yes. So a very simple example um, of that, I would imagine, is um, you know how uh, a lot of parents like to use the iPad or an iPad or a screen um, sort of to keep their, their child occupied, um, you know, so that they don't run around, for example, in a yes. restaurant. You to know, keep to them keep quiet. Them to keep them quiet. Um, lots of, um, I suppose, critics of that sort of parenting style saying, you know, you're just lazy. You should be there um, mm-hmm. entertaining your child. Yep. Fully yeah. invested in it. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes it just isn't that easy, I don't think. Yeah, it, and, and it isn't because, no. um, you know, there's that's just one particular moment in, in the day. And, you know, there's just, you know, so many different elements and different factors that come in. Uh, you, what, what was it saying? You know, it takes a village to, to raise. raise a child, yeah. Yeah, zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand. You can text or WhatsApp us at zero one six two zero one nine thousand or tweet us at BFM Radio. We also have a poll running as always on our Twitter page asking whether or not a child's behaviour is always a reflection of his or her parents. Sixty nine percent have answered saying yes, thirty one percent saying no. Well, if those sixty nine percent would just pick up a phone and call us at zero three seven seven one zero nine thousand, we could hear and extract some of those, uh, you know, opinions a little bit further. And the wisdom. And the wisdom of it as well. Uh, You know, we're talking about, um, you know, effective parenting and the reason for this is, of course, the tragic incident in Johor Bahru. Uh, Everybody's been uh, reading about this awful cycling mishap that took place and it claimed the lives of eight teenage boys. A lot of the conversation since then, um, one element of it actually has been uh, talking about road safety and how uh, we might need to rethink about how our roads and highways are designed to accommodate Cyclists. Yep, that's right. The other element of it has been, well, you know, where were the parents? Why are the kids out and about at 3 Mm -hmm. a.m. riding... uh, bicycles and it, it, it created this conversation and concern about um, you know whether this is just an isolated incident or whether this is something that is actually a little bit more forthcoming. So to come from that uh, was uh, the Home Ministry, uh, Ministry's Deputy Minister's um, suggestion that state governments ban underage use from city centres late at night. Now what do you make of that? Yeah, when, and you know if, if, if a, a suggestion like that comes through, hmm. uh, could you imagine uh, you know, let's say uh, you know, a particular person of influence uh, in government says, you know what, teenagers are not allowed to go to Kuala Lumpur, the city centre, you know, by a certain time. Yeah, you know, it's they're a curfew. Banned. It's a curfew. It's apartheid. Yeah, yeah you know, how would you feel uh, about something like that Because as a result of, you know, an incident or a tragic incident like this? Mm-hmm. Is that the proportionate response to this issue? Um, I think, you know, we of course heard, um, you know, earlier from uh, Dr. Rajini Saravanathan. She's a consultant development pediatrician and she spoke about, um, I guess, the different approaches in which parents uh, can take. Uh, and it, it's super important that uh, when you think of, you know, what are the necessary um, t- uh, explicit and implicit actions uh, and, and, and decisions that one takes, um, you know, what are the implications of that? We would love to hear from you. 0377109000. Text us at 016 Of course, you can WhatsApp us as well. Uh, tweet us at BFM Radio. Yep. I'm just going to read out very quickly this text that came in saying, bring back the rotan and l- look at us and, and remember how we were. Look at us now. Spare the cane, spoil the child. Somehow all this is really true. 
Yes. Um, and of course, um, you know, as we mentioned earlier, the Home Ministry's, um, you know, Deputy Minister, they went on to say that, you know, is it possible that state governments uh, would consider banning underage youths from entering city centres late at night? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that would bring in a, a completely different type of uh, conversation because, you know, a lot of people do hang out late, late at night, especially with a lot of 24-hour uh, eateries available. It's the culture. It's, it's a culture. It's how we communicate. It's how we interact. Um, how much freedom is, is being given to, you know, many of these parents who um, place a lot of responsibility and trust towards their kids and, and whether you think that that's the best way to go. Uh, the number to call is 0377109000. Of course, you can text or WhatsApp us at 016-201-9000 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Yep, somebody's um, agreeing with what you said a little earlier about how it takes a whole village uh, to raise a child. Uh, so this uh, message saying, yeah, it does honestly, everyone plays a part regardless of the child's background. Um, neighbours, relatives, teachers, people at the park, market, mamat stall, uh, news reporters, uh, pharmacists, doctors, policemen, Uncle Roti. It's all of us. It's our responsibility. The Roti man? Yeah, take mm. a leaf from Upin and Ipin. And I suppose you know, that is the thing, isn't it? So we, we, we're talking today about um, parents and how that influences your child's behaviour. But what about everybody else around you? Well, let's find out from our next caller. Uh, Bengsun is on the line. Hi, Bengsun. Hi, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty okay. We're glad you called. Uh, tell us, what do you think about, um, you know, this particular discussion about role models and, and parenting and what is effective and ineffective? What are your thoughts on this? Uh, well, I'm a parent of a two-year-old, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just feel like when it comes to parenting, every parent has his own voice, and, and sometimes parents will actually bash another parent for different parenting styles. But um, to me, I'll, I'm just going to speak for myself. Uh, I would say that, my wife and I, we actually made a point where it's important for us to actually have connection with my child. Mm-hmm. And, of course, to set a protocol. And um, there are things that, you know, we won't let her do. But there's a reason behind it. Even when at her age she may not understand it, we'll try to explain to her. And, you know, with kids, I think when you keep explaining to them, eventually they get it. And and the point is, is that you don't want them... You're not looking for obedience or, or, or compliance. You're looking for connection. Do you think that changes, uh, Bingson, over time as as the as the child grows grows older? Say, you know, your child as a teenager. I mean, do you see that evolving? I would. I mean, maybe the style is going to be evolving through that. But I think ultimately, every child wants to be connected. You know, mm. even at this age. You know, as adults, we still want to be connected to our parents, you know. Yeah. And we still want to go back to our parents, ask for wisdom and things like that. There's mm-hmm. always an open channel. And that's the most important thing. And, of course, it takes a whole village to to take care of a child. But ultimately, I think the most important key is that parents should actually be always connected to the kids. And, and, and Bengsun, a final question. Um, are you mimicking some of the parenting styles that were, were influenced by what your parents um, did to you and, and what are you doing towards your kids? Is there any correlation there? Um, for me, I think the biggest influence, well, I, I, I mean, my parents are great, but I, I don't think I really had that kind of relationship with my parents. Yeah. Um, they're great. I, I, still, I, I could still go to them and stuff like that. But really, I think what I really see that was, um, for me, uh, both my wife and I were pretty strong Christians, so we really see that a lot in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so um, what we saw is just the way that, you know, 
God as Father has actually reached out to His children and always been connected to His children, regardless of what the choices are. And so for us, it has really deeply impacted us. And we bring that into the practical world, into our kids, and we want them to experience the same thing. As and well. you're interpreting Channeling it good, in, 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 in your own particular way. Thank you very much for sure. calling in, yeah, Bengsun. Thank you. Thank you very All much. Right. And uh, moving on to our next caller, uh, Raj is on the line. Hi, Raj. Hi, good evening. Good evening. Uh, tell us what you think about um, this topic about uh, effective parenting and upbringing. You know, what do you think about this? I think uh, the incident in what happened, actually um, coming to the incident in JB, I was leaving an hotel uh, early morning for a flight uh, from JB, uh, about 4.30 in the morning. There were plenty of kids on the road. This is through my eyes, on the road, in the bicycle, with the bicycle, they were racing. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, it's like 10 years old, 11 years old kids. I was thinking, what the hell is happening? Mm. Oh, sorry, sorry, my language. It was like, I, you know, back in that, back in my days, our days, we can't even go on after nine or eight o'clock. Mm. It's, it's, it's the upbringing our parents brings us up. So that's how I'm dealing with that with my kid now. But but when you, when you were in the area and you were seeing this happening, I mean, was it? Uh, from your observation, something that was uh, a normal occurrence. Were the locals bothered by it at all? Did you hear anyone talking about it? No. When I when I asked the driver, uh, the transport driver, he said it's always happened because Friday, Saturday there. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is four o'clock in the morning. This is like um, one point one to one point five kilometer long. The kids is both side of the road, and I could even see my driver slowing down because the corner there are kids at the corner doing their wheelies and all that it's like uh, it's like shock to me it's like uh, how can this happen uh, what are the parents doing letting the kids out at 4 o'clock in the morning and uh, you know there's no monitor monitoring of their whereabouts and they are practically it's like mud rampage actually but mm. it's really shocking when I asked my driver he said uh this is what's happening. I don't know what the authorities are doing. Roger, I mean, you know, moving away, I guess, from, yep, right. you know, what, what the authorities should or should not be doing. Tell us why do you think then that these kids are doing what they're doing? Because my interpretation of these kinds of events is particularly is that there isn't a sense of a community for them to uh, express themselves. So, you know, they, they, they find this particular activity as an outlet uh, to do so, yes, it is a very, very dangerous, but it is a sense of community and belonging that they're attaching themselves to. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to interject there because we received this message from Salim um, of KL who says, when an individual child creates a problem, we say it reflects the parents. However, if a whole group of children in a community goes out in the middle of the night, yeah. who do we blame? Because, you know, a lot of people obviously within that community feel that it's okay. Yeah, uh, coming to that, um, it's like, okay, this groups of kids that I saw, they might be from the same uh, Taman and all that. So it's like their friends and uh, they come out and all that. But the, the thing that was, I was, it was boggles me is what are parents doing? I think, um, you know, it's four o'clock in the middle of the morning. Okay, with kidnappings here and there happening and all that. These kids are 10 years old, 11 years old and they are on the roads. I'm pretty sure that some of them have been out early in the morning. They have seen uh, the, the, what the kids are doing. Sorry, sorry, you're talking about the policemen? Uh, even the public. You, yeah, yeah, okay. Even, even the public. Because so the policemen... 
Yeah. Sorry. Because the police have actually given accounts saying how this has been a problem, uh, you know, how they've spoken to the children, spoken to the parents, but um, they don't have that collective buy-in because, you know, it's a matter of working together. It's not just the police's job. So the, then it comes to the, uh, the parents, what the parents are doing. Are they just don't care what the kids are doing? You know, this is where they mix up with the wrong kind of people. You know, it's all, uh, I mean, these, these are our futures, these, uh, these kids. So, but if there is no disciplines and, uh, or upbringing, I mean, religions really uh, plays a big part of our life. That's how we know what is right and wrong. All right, Raj, thank you very much for your call. And moving on to our next caller, it's Saika. Uh, hello? Hello? Hi there, you're on the air. Yes, hi. Um, Right. Regarding my input is, um, I think it's really important to have a two-way communication between a parent and a child. For example, in my case, my childhood, my parents are really, really strict in everything that I do. For example, you know, when we're kids, we play masak-masak? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, they're really proper in a way that even when I play masak-masak, you know, I'll take this batu for, to make my, you know, my ayam or etc. They will be like... Um, why are you putting the batu without putting the oil first? Where's your, you know, they have always this sequence, what to do. Oh, that's lovely. It's a great childhood right here. <laughs> Not a very great childhood. But <laughs> so strict to the point that um, there's sometimes, you know, when we're watching cartoons and we laugh and, you know, something just tickles us uh, excessively until we laugh until we got stitches. Mm-hmm. But my would be like, I mean, specifically my dad, he would say like, why do you think it's funny? Why is it funny? Is the joke too, you know, is it, it's a lame joke. You're not supposed to laugh that much. Anyway, et cetera, et cetera. So you tend to, when I was a kid, I was really a serious uh, bookworm type. Right. And then sometimes in my teenage years, I became more of a rebel. So, you know, despite my parents trying their best to groom me into a better, to this person that is quite okay, I mean, groom me to be a better person, but... I was a really, really rebel when I was doing my teenage Yeah. Because I made really good friends and, I mean, I made the right friends and they don't steer me into the wrong direction. Yes, I guess what I'm hearing from that a little bit is, you know, sometimes uh, people parent their children according to their own requirements, desires, or their, their own standards of how things should be according to them. And in that instance, I guess you often deprive your kids of developing a solid sense of self if um, you do that too much. Oh, God, I literally like, I, was, I had a dual personality in which um, they, when my mom actually saw some of that other personality of mine when I was 16 and she was quite surprised and she was like, I didn't know you can actually talk that much before. And and, and quite surprised in an, in an encouraging kind of way? Um, after some time and then me and my younger siblings, we decided to show our second side of us wow. and, they, and then slowly they began to you know embrace it and we, and we just show our true self to our parents afterwards. Very and Sasha Fierce. <laughs> Thank you very much for your uh, for calling in, Saika. And of course, you know that's exactly you know that particular element that I was speaking about that duality that we all go through. Um, you know, in our teenagers, especially hormones are just flying all over the place, and and you know you just want to 
go through different types of experiences because you're not quite sure which one works and which one you want to land on. Well, on the end of the parents, this message came in saying it's so easy to point fingers at the parents. Every child is different. Some of the best parents, um, you know, that anyone could ask for and yet they'll throw it all away, not because they have permissive parents, but because they have uh, rebellious streaks, for example, that need to be tamed. And sadly, some never get to. So let's show some kindness uh, to these parents. All right, our next caller is um, Zez. Is Ziz on the line? Hi there. Hi, Ziz. Are you there? Um, for me, um, I I have two young kids, um, children. Uh, so uh, after I become a mom, I realized that uh, we play a very huge role in uh, nurturing the kids, as in they will follow what we do. Um, if we if we behave good or if, for example, if we always see people and we greet people, they will follow what we do, imitation, especially from young. Mm-hmm. So for us to, to, if we want to raise them, we have to behave yeah. the way we wanted to Lead raise them. Lead by example. Exactly. Yeah. So, of course, it takes the whole, whole, whole village to raise the kids. But unfortunately, especially in Klang Valley, you know, with such high crime rate, everyone is very protective of themselves, of their family. So, and we always have this upper attitude, it's like, okay, that's none of my business and um, I think I better don't get involved, you know. Mm. So that is quite sad because, you know, when that happens, we also have to like really have and really have to watch our kids very carefully or else we will have our neighbours to help us like, hey, hey, your daughter is doing this and that. So we can, you know, know what they're doing behind our eyes. Yeah, I think I think the thing about that is I feel so sorry for it's as though we expect uh, parents to just be perfect all the time. You know, never mind the task of raising a child, going to work, dual salaries, and all. You know, um, you have to be the perfect example, be the perfect person. You know, all the time so that your kids uh, learn from you. I mean, it feels unreasonable. Uh, we are not talking about being a perfect parent, mm-hmm. you know, but at least we show a relatively good example. Um, to them, like being polite or uh, um, um, show gratitude and stuff like that, mm-hmm. rather than uh, because if, for example, if I am speaking, um, I have vowel language all the time, or if I've been really rude to my own parents or my grandparents or my friends, that's what they see and that's what they're going to do. They think that it is all right. So, and I find that a lot of um, parents they will tell their kids, "No, you can't do this. No, you can't do that." But then they themselves are doing exactly what they are telling the kids not to do. Right. So I feel that you know, if you are telling your kids, uh, you have to say thank you. You know, after you know, someone gives something to you, the parent has should practice the same. Just walk the talk, yeah. You know, yeah. I don't have to like be a perfect parent. You know, I do my mistake. I say sorry to my kids when I I made a mistake, so they know that oh, actually. Actually, it's okay to make a mistake, you know, even my mom makes mistakes. So then they know, oh, okay, it's not a problem. Yeah, and it's not the end of the world um, if uh, that takes place. Thank you very much for calling in, Z, um, and for sharing, uh, you know, that particular perspective. Uh, We're talking about whether a child's behavior is always a reflection of his or her parents. I've been talking about effective parenting. If you want to join in on this conversation, the number call is 0377109000. And uh, moving on to our next caller is Alan. Hi, Alan. Hi, this is Alan. Um, I have a comment that this phenomenon of nighttime bicycling is a worldwide thing. Is it really? Um, it, it is. Portland, Oregon, San Francisco, mm. many cities have it. In fact, here in Tamantun, in KL, 
we have nighttime bicycling groups. Right. Um, I think the issue here is really road safety, mm-hmm. and our kids do not know about wearing uh, bright colored clothes and and having uh, lights and staying by the side of the road. And I mean, also, I suppose awareness for motorists, perhaps just not used exactly. to integrating with cyclists. Correct. Blame the kids, and then at the same time blame them for being on their handphone all the time and not going out and being public. It's really wrong. I think we are squeezing them on all sides, right? We're taking away the parks. We don't expect them to um, to be nerds and stay and study at all the time. I mean, what do we expect our kids to do, really? We this is we're giving them very little options for healthy outlets. And, uh, and Robin, that's the point I was trying to, I guess, convey earlier about how. Um, you know, what options do these kids have within their respective communities to have a sense of belonging, have a sense of identity and to be able to express themselves in a safe environment? And I think this seems to be a, a real problem. Correct. I'm, 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 I have two teenage kids and I would encourage them to do nighttime bicycling, not at 3 a.m. I think that's really weird. But, right. You know, uh, I, I think that uh, to, for, to have them be going on their bicycle safely at night is, is wonderful. That With our weather, it's a great idea. Yeah. Crack a dawn, maybe. All right. Thank you very much for your call, Robin. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 been a really uh, interesting, um, of course, that um, these particular types of activities, right? You know, uh, Robin is saying that you know it's it's a, it's, a, it's it's a particular. It's a widespread thing, and a lot of people uh, in different countries um, do it. And I didn't actually, I didn't actually know that. But you know, I mean, if you think about it, it's three a.m. It feels ridiculous. I don't know whether it's because I'm old, but it does feel ridiculous. Thank you very much for your call, Alan. And uh, moving on to our next caller, Robin is on the line. Hi, Robin. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Tell us what you think. Well, number one, let me start off straight off the bat by saying that that um, suggestion about banning teenagers into jail mm-hmm. at a certain hour is absolutely ridiculous. So let's just throw that out the window right now. Uh, I don't even know how they would implement it in the first place. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it sounds to me like we're trying to help parents' kids uh, with that kind of ruling and a lot of the suggestions that are coming out. And this is my thought. We, as a society today, are setting up a lot of parents to fail. And Would you like to elaborate on that, please, Robin? Yeah, sure. Um, we have courses in place for people before they want to get married. We have um, education things in place for, uh, for first-time mothers to tell them the benefits of breastfeeding and so on. Mm-hmm. But we have nothing in place to warn parents about what they need, need to look out for when they're raising their kids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely zero knowledge. Mm-hmm. And for all those people out there who are asking, like, what are the parents doing? Why are the kids out at night? You know, they shouldn't be doing this. They shouldn't be doing that. Let me tell you what I think these parents are doing. These parents are either at home, exhausted, mm. resting, sleeping, either brain dead or, you know, just dead to the world because they're sleeping. Because right now, making a living, um, either both parents are having a job or, you yeah. know, one person is working two or three jobs. We are not giving them what they need in order to bring in a child to this world successfully. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel very strongly about this. Listen, I, I live on a, in a condo and I have three kids. So I, I really feel for this. But I live in a condo and every night on a Friday night or Saturday night at one o'clock in the morning, I look out and I see kids that look like they're either in primary school or secondary school out at the playground playing uh, basketball. Mm. 
And I'm shocked because, like, what in the world are they doing up at that hour? But then again, I mean, if we cook them up for too long, how do how do they go out and meet their peers? Yeah. How do they you know life? And then I'm thinking also, do if these parents grown up in a kampong, that was perfectly fine, you know, back in the day, getting. You know, the people meeting at each other at one o'clock in the morning, it was perfectly fine because it was safe then. But, 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 but now things have changed uh, quite dramatically, haven't they? Uh, thank you very much for Robin. We're, run, we're running out of time uh, as we head towards the 7 o'clock news. Uh, we'll continue talking about um, you know, whether a child's behaviour is always a reflection of his or her parents. The conversation has moved um, you know, in various directions, whether it's to road safety, whether it's um, you know, it takes a village to raise a child, the community, a sense of self. More of that on Talkback coming up right after this. BFM 89.9. Tweet us at BFM Radio, text 0162019000 or talk to us on 0377719000. Talk back on BFM 89.9. That was Caroline and Ezra on top back. Sorry, it's Caroline and Ezra on top back. The number to call is 0377109000. You can text or WhatsApp us at 0162019000 and tweet us at BFM Radio. We're talking about effective parenting and whether a child's behavior is always a reflection of his or her parents. Um, in this past hour, we've been speaking about the incident in Johor Bahru where um, a group of eight uh, cyclists um, you know, uh, were involved in an accident and claimed the life of eight teenage boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, this conversation has morphed into a variety of things, road safety being one of them, as we heard from our previous caller, but also uh, about you know, how... Parenting styles, really. But, uh, but how difficult and challenging it is mm-hmm. in, in today's environment to to do it right and as you mentioned earlier Caroline about how the the pressure of how parents need to be perfect essentially in wanting to raise their child. Yeah and do it right. So this message just came in saying I believe it's up to each parent how they want to raise their children religion plays the biggest role we shouldn't forget. Uh, With this incident I believe the whole community should be put to blame everybody knows that these kids have been playing on the road for a long time um, and nothing has been done to curb the issue. Uh, Akmal has been waiting on the line very, very patiently. Akmal, tell us what you think about this particular issue. Hey, Ezra and Caroline, thanks Hi. for letting me speak. Thanks um, for waiting. Okay, firstly, we we also need to address the fact that eight kids died and whatever it is is our souls that are lost at such a uh, young age mm. and it's such a tragic loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite that, we also have to comment on the whole issue. It's, for me, it's definitely a collective issue, not just the kids' problem. We can't just blame them or wanting to go out and do what kids do, which is to play with their friends, be it at the middle of the night or in the morning or whenever. They're just kids. Uh, secondly, although the parents were slightly at fault, in my opinion, because of this whole thing of letting them just do whatever they want to do or not being too uh, stern in supervision or whatever, I come from a very stern family, a very disciplined family. Right. And obviously, we were never allowed to go out in the middle of the night and all that because of either it was the boogeyman or just some... You don't want to be involved with drugs or whatever, but... They, they, um, they put in a general fear to make sure that you stayed, uh, you know, behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah, definitely. My parents did a wonderful job with that. And I think, <laughs> I, I, think it's a, I think it's the best thing to happen to any kid to be protected up to a certain age. Obviously, not to say that you can't actually go out and see all your friends and all that. It's fine to do that, but uh, come on, the place was not where... They were not supposed to be there, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And these kids were probably... Okay, let's just address one more issue. This whole rampant issue. It's something that has been bothering Malaysians for years and years and nothing has been done about it. It's an issue that... Uh, and I think all these bicycle kids have 
been like they were influenced by this kind of thing. Be it, uh, it's the so, culture that has been so Akmal, like, what, what, made movies and all that. Akmal, I'd like and, to hear from you why you think, for example, that you know this type of culture hasn't gone away. Why do you think uh, kids are still attracted towards it? All right, it's a it's a very big debate. This can go on for a long a long time, but I like it actually has. But for me, okay, we are a country bred with motorsports. Obviously, we are a generation bred with uh, uh, we we were we, we've experienced things like Fast and Furious and all that, and our local media had like police rampant and all that. It's a culture. It's a detrimental culture to a certain extent. But if we tap it in the right way, it definitely would be a good thing. Like this whole interest in motorsports and all that is definitely a good thing. It can spark engineers, it can spark mechanical engineers, it can spark uh, innovative people and all that in uh, in our engineering field. And this is something that we really need as well. So I, I wouldn't say that the rampant culture is wholly bad, but it's a definitely a nuisance for everyone. Well, but and but but isn't it also? Has to be taken on it. But hasn't it also emerged simply because well, for many of them there are just no other. Opportunities and expressions uh, to to yeah to an uh, outlets to express themselves. Yeah, exactly, and uh, it's not just with um, people who are interested in motorsports. It's also the same thing all around. And I think this is another core issue that has to be addressed regarding this whole eight kids dying and all this. So all right, outlets I- need to be placed. All right, Akmal, thank you very thank you. much uh, for calling in and waiting on the line as well. Moving on to our next caller, Paul is on the line. Hi, Paul. Hi. Hi. Uh, all right. Now, I believe the topic was about active parenting. Yes. As in parents taking an active, active role in taking care of their children. Yeah, loosely, well, yes. Yeah, definitely I agree with that. Uh, because, um, well, we can't leave uh, rules and regulations and boundaries and, and external factors to, to uh, determine how our children grow up without us taking a, an active role. Well, it's almost similar like if you buy a pet and you can't expect someone else to take care of it and... and, and and then not raise it up the way you want it to be raised. And then eventually you say, you, you point the fingers to everyone else, but you do not point it back to yourself. Mm. So, but I think the topic here should extend to not only active parenting, but I believe it should be smart parenting. Because, you see, children nowadays, they are different from children back in the days. I, like most of the callers, I grew up in a family which is very stern. Now, I'm not saying that stern should be the only way to parent children because, you see, nowadays, the more stern you become with your children, the children become more rebellious. And children are, are, are going to be rebellious at that age. So what you're going to do is you need to actually uh, mix the way you parent your children because some children, actually, by talking logic to them, it works. If it doesn't work with them, then you go with strict parenting. I believe that parents need to be smart nowadays to take a more active role in mixing the right method to bring up children. Now, if you say that raising up a children is not my role, then I'll just say one thing. Don't have children then. And, and, and Paul, do you, have you figured out what the right balance is? I, I believe you, it, it's, it's a matter of trial and error. If, if you don't know the exact way, then trial and error. But the best way is first to observe and to test how each method works. If it doesn't work, then you you got to try another way. 
Fair enough. Thank, Thank you very you much, much for that, Paul. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of sense to that because, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all type approach. No, it's not. But I also think it's wrong to assume that parents are not blaming themselves. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I think, you know, there's a huge amount of responsibility that, you know, parents uh, take. And, and sometimes when you are stepped, uh, when, when there's a little bit of failure that happens, uh, you know, there's always a reassessment about what's the next There's a lot best. of guilt involved. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We're moving on to our next caller. Sylvia is on the line. Hi, Sylvia. Hi, can you guys hear me? Yes, we can, loud and clear. Tell us what you think uh, about what effective parenting represents. Okay, so I do agree with Paul on uh, what he said about smart parenting, but then I also want to add my my um, version of it. Please. Just because there's no such thing as um, right or wrong in parenting. Because uh, we're not their only parents. They're going to grow up, they're going to have friends, they're going to have teachers, they're going to have other people that they're going to come in contact with. And that's also going to be their parents. They're going to learn from them. They're going to see what's right and wrong from them. So, as their parents, um, at, even at the right age of 10, these kids are going to have their own sense of individualism. And it's really hard to control to a point. So, uh, even with this accident that happened recently, it's such a terrible accident. But I don't think I would blame the parents on this. It's, it wasn't really their fault. Mm. They could not see this. If it, if it happened many times and if they knew their kids were on, on road doing this thing and they did not correct them, then maybe we can blame them to a point. But on the sense of this individualism, um, it's really hard to say what's right or wrong. Yeah. All right. And Sylvia, thank you very much uh, for your call. And moving on to our final caller of the day, it's Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi, um, I'm Nicole, actually. I'm calling. Uh, I'm actually a child. I'm not a parent. Okay. But, uh, yes, I, I just like to pick on what Paul just now said. I, I think, first and foremost, pa- parenthood isn't a choice for every single parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be forced upon. So to, to assume that parents want to have children on their own decision, I think, first and foremost, is, 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 is not, you know, picturing the larger picture. But I think in a time when ministers are telling parents that, you know, you have to do two jobs, you have to do three jobs. I think working class Malaysia is so tied up with working and putting bread and butter on the table that they aren't there for their children as they want to. Like mm. my mom, she has to work so many hours a day. That yeah. It's not that she does not want to be there for me, but she's not, capable, she's not able herself because she has no even time for her own self. So I don't think this is a choice that parents do willfully, but it's rather imposed on them for not... They're, they're pushed able. into a corner, aren't they? Yes, actually, in pursuit of, of, of all market fundamental, market fundamentalist demands of the day, you know, money, investment. So, and I think, so this would reflect upon the children. And we see children growing up to be lonesome. We see a depression rising on the, on the loop. This is all a reflection of a society which is in pursuit of capital and, and, and so on and so forth. So I, I, I do sincerely think that we should not be blaming parents wholeheartedly. And we shouldn't keep them a space. Yeah. All right. Well, thank All you right. very much. Thank Appreciate you very much for that. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I was wondering where he was going with that because it certainly isn't the child's decision. Yes. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. Just reading out some messages that have come in so far. So this one saying, uh, it's unfair to the family of the deceased boys. Most of us have done stuff uh, either equal or worse uh, than that. And we've turned out to be successful individuals. Um, does media coverage on how they modify their back suggest that they deserve what happened? Uh, come on, we've done mm. worse. We've had many, many chances. So let's spare the parents on this one. Another message 
saying nothing good happens after two, whatever these kids were doing. I don't believe it's uh, something wholesome, so parents shouldn't be defending these activities. Um, this one saying, as much as we should not expect parents to be perfect, we have to recognize the difference between imperfection and incompetence. And um, in response to Paul, who talked about adapting parenting styles a little earlier, um, you know, he talked about adapting it to the, the child in question. Yeah, Start trial, by talking. Trial. If it doesn't work, be strict. Yes. Uh, so in response, this message saying, if all else fails, try ice cream. Oh, well, that, that's a fail-safe <laughs> option indeed. Folks, thanks for tuning in to Talk Back. And if you miss any part of this program, you can download the podcast by heading, by heading to the Apple App Store and Google Play to download the BFM app. It's been BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.